that you chose to spend your evening with us. We're going to do something a little different tonight. The band's going to stay on the stage the whole time, and I'm going to bring just um, a couple of verses. Um, they're going to sing a song, and then I'm going to speak for a minute, and then they're going to sing another song, and I'm going to come back up and speak for a minute. So it's going to be a little different, but it's going to be good. So um, <clears throat> I just want to kind of set the our minds for a minute. Um, I am struggling a little bit um, in many ways tonight. I'm sick, and um, it's okay. I have some medicine in me, so I'm like, Ugh, you know, so I can make it through. Um, and my family's going through some stuff that we have to really pray and seek wisdom from God on to make some decisions about, you know, uh, what's best for our family. And so, you know, I know that a lot of us are in places like that. You know, we all have things that just consume our mind and weigh us down and we're sick or we have family members that are sick or people are going for tests and you just don't know you're in a waiting and we get kind of burdened down no matter our age you know if whether you're in high school or whether you're in middle school or whether you're a parent or you're single or you're you know just whatever it is any stage of life brings questions and you know just like confusion and stuff and we're like you know it just gets heavy and we're just like I don't know if I can do this and I really don't service a couple weeks ago and I used some of the same scripture that I'm going to use tonight but I'm God has really just weighed it heavy on my heart and given me a new way of looking at it and I want to share it with you tonight because it will not leave my heart and my heart hurts when I think about it um, we're going to be talking about some stuff about you know, I've talked to several people the last few weeks um, that are very down. They're very depressed, and some people are at the where they feel like they're at the end of the line where they don't want to go on anymore. And in light of Jared Wilson, the pastor in California who took his life this last week, that man loved Jesus. He spent his whole life advocating for people who struggled with suicidal thoughts and depression and anxiety and I know a lot of people struggle with anxiety you know we don't even you know I hear people all the time saying you know my anxiety's been acting up you know that's real common to hear but that's a serious thing and if left unchecked it really can take you down a dark path and I'm telling you that whether you're a Christian or not whether you have faith in God or not, and whether you have hope in Christ, you are not immune to those things. We all live in this world together, and we all need Jesus. But sometimes we need even more help than, you 
know, God has given us the ability to go to see professionals that can help us, and there's nothing wrong with that. And it's not like going to be this downcast message or anything. I don't want y'all to think, oh my God. You know, it's not like that because in the darkness, there's light. In the hopelessness, we have hope that will never fade and will never fail. And when we feel like the bottom is coming straight out from under us, Christ is right there. Nothing in my life and nothing in your life is a surprise to God today. When I'm scared and I can't sleep at night because of the things that I'm responsible for making decisions on, and I'm terrified, I'm not alone. And God knows exactly what's coming tomorrow, even though I can't see it. And I trust I trust him no matter what tomorrow brings. And I hope you do too. If you don't, my prayer is that this word that I'm going to read tonight will seep deep into your heart. And Christ will break open that darkness in you and shine his light on your life. Because I can tell you, no matter what you walk through, if your eyes are on Jesus, the pain is still real just as real as it would be if you didn't know him and it's still hard but you do not walk alone and that has made all the difference in my life and I hope your foundation is solid in him because it will make all the difference in your life I'm going to pray we're going to have another song and then I'm going to come up and I'm going to read from God's word and this word that is alive and that when we leave here tonight, we are even more solid than we were when we walked in this door, that Jesus is worth it. Let's pray. Father, I come to you, God, right now with such a thankful and grateful heart because this has been a terrible week for me. But here we are, standing before you, proclaiming that even in the hard times, you're faithful and even though we may cry ourselves to sleep every night you see every tear that falls out of our eyes and I thank you for that I thank you for the promises in your word and I thank you that you are real and alive and active and you've given us your breath on a page so that we can encourage each other with it God I just thank you for being our friend Thank you for being just and righteous. And you don't turn away from our sin. You call it out in us so that we can be closer to you. I thank you that you love us that much. I pray that tonight you will just speak to our hearts, break us apart, break us open, and crush anything inside of us that comes before
And she was like, you know, if something's on your heart and you need to come down here and pray or you need to correct your seat, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Who cares if they think you're struggling with something? I'm struggling with something. Everybody struggles with stuff. So I want you guys to know that this altar is open the entire time. I'm talking through every song. If you want to come pray, somebody might come pray with you because it may so many times we're like, if somebody else goes, I'll go. If somebody else goes, I'll go. I've been there, you know, or if they do one more song. So I'm telling you right now, we got two more songs. And if somebody goes down, maybe somebody will come, you know, with you. So I just want you to feel comfortable and really let God's word speak to your heart tonight. Don't be closed off. Don't think, oh, I've heard this before. Let the Holy Spirit do something new because he absolutely can. He has for me in this passage. And he's just, I'm telling you, he just will not let me let go. The first passage I want to read to you is um, Acts chapter 16. I'm going to give you a little bit of background before I start reading. This is Paul's second missionary journey. So he's kind of, you know, starting his little travels and stuff. He's met Jesus. He went from killing Christians to just doing whatever it took to get the message of Christ out there. Even if it cost him his life, he was willing to do it. You know, I know a lot of times we're like, oh God, I don't want to say the blessing at this table because everybody's going to look at me. Well, Paul was beaten just almost to death more than once for sharing the gospel and he would dust himself off and walk right back into the same place where they drug him out and left him to die. That's the kind of faith we're called to have. That's the kind of Christ 
that's all we can really offer him is our life. So we're supposed to spend it working for him. And I know we all get sidetracked and we all, you know, get off the path and all that. Lord knows I have. But that's the thing. If your foundation is in him, you can't be happy off the path. You can't be settled doing anything but living your life for him. He won't let you let it go. Kind of like this burden I have that we understand. Church cannot sustain you. Kenny cannot sustain you. The prayers of your grandmother cannot sustain you. Having a good home does not sustain you. Jesus Christ, the foundation, your personal relationship, it cannot be on the hills of somebody else. You cannot hide behind somebody else's good Christian life, and it works for you. You're going to go to bed every night feeling empty, alone, scared, and confused at why God is letting you feel this way, because you don't know Him. It has to be a personal relationship with Him, and you cannot know Him without learning who He is and feeling His heart for you through this this Word. So I want to begin by telling you about Paul and Silas and their second missionary journey. They had been going through this town, and this girl was a fortune teller. She was young. She had a master, like, he made her go around telling people's fortunes. So she would get paid, and he would take the money, you know. And so when Paul and Silas came, she picked up on the spirit that was within them. She was a real fortune teller. She knew. She knew exactly because the evil spirit in her knew that the Holy Spirit was in them. And so she kept saying out loud, she followed them around for days in this town, these men are servants of the Most High God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. And that sounds good. But sometimes that's distracting for what they're trying to do. And she, this was an evil spirit, just on and on and on, distracting from the message that Paul and Silas were trying to, to spread. So they cast the evil spirit out of this little girl. Well, her master was really mad anymore. So they go to the officials and say the whole city is in an uproar because these Jews, they were mad. They wanted them out of there because they were disrupting everything. They shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to participate in. So a mob formed against them. Uh, This is where we pick up in verse 22 of chapter 16 in Acts. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with a wooden rod. Told you. The cost of talking about Jesus back then was a lot worse than it is today in America. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they did not escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stock. So not only were they beaten, I'm sure they were bleeding. I'm sure they were just whelped up everywhere because they took their clothes off to do it. I don't know how many of y'all have ever been spanked with a belt or a hickory, but I've had some severe, severe ones, okay? And it hurt. And so they were drugged to the dungeon, 
chained to the floor. So it wasn't like, you know, they got to let it settle. You know, I mean, like, they're in a bad place, okay? So around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. There's always somebody listening. There's always somebody watching. And although you're not perfect, and what they were doing looked like blasphemy, they just were going against everything, causing an uproar and all the stuff. But those men were listening to him. In the worst circumstances, they were worshiping God. Because it's not your circumstances that determines how God working for you, is he good, is he, it's, he's good, he's good, he's got a plan, it's rarely about you, but it's usually about everybody else, but it's good, and he does not need us, but he chooses to use us anyway, and he used Paul and Silas, and those men were listening, suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer, remember he was in charge, had to make sure they didn't escape. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors were wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself! We are all here. God, I've heard this story a million times in my life, and everybody's like, yeah, they sang, and the prison walls fell, and that's the miracle. No, that is not the miracle. The miracle is what I'm about to read. The jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. That man, when you think about it, what it takes to get to the point in your life where you're ready to end your own life. He pulled his sword out and he was about to end his life because he thought every one of those prisoners had escaped. How quickly your worst moments can be turned into what saves your soul. When we are at our rock bottom, the worst day of our lives can end up being the very thing that changes everything, that opens our eyes to what's really important, and this jailer not only got saved, his entire household got saved. They shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Not only were they beaten, imprisoned, worshipped, now they're witnessing to this guy in his house. They shared the word of the Lord with him and all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, see, it was midnight they started singing. This is way late, you know, this is later. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought
brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. What seemed like the worst circumstances, and God, why would you call me to come to this town when you knew we were going to be beaten and thrown in jail? Because there was a man lost all hope. He did not know Christ, and Christ loved him so much that he sent those guys to go through all that to share the love of Jesus with him, and it changed his whole life and everybody in his household's life. That's what obeying the Holy Spirit can do. That's what, when somebody is at the end of their rope, they don't care about tomorrow because they don't plan on being in tomorrow and you are being spirit led even on your worst day and you minister to somebody in the name of Christ in your heart it can change everything for them and it can change everything for you it can change somebody's entire life and their whole family we in this church have seen one person come to Christ and then the entire family come to Christ and be involved and grow spiritually and every single person in their homes come to Christ. Y'all, that's a miracle and we have personally witnessed that in this building. That's amazing. I've never thought about the miracle being about the jailer. I've always heard it preached that God shook the walls and the earthquake came and all the chains came did not commit suicide, he got saved instead. You don't know what your obedience. You have no idea, and you may never know this side of heaven, what your obedience can do for somebody else. I have been so challenged by this because I just want to think about myself and what I'm going through. But God has broken me over this because what I go through may be for somebody else. And we don't want to think about it like that because we just don't want to go through anything bad. But we've all got to go through bad stuff, so it might as well serve a good purpose, right? We're going to sing another song, and I want you to think about that. How can we give over our worst thank you that you have put this story in your word and that you're the same yesterday today and forever so that means if you used Paul and Silas the way you did you can use any one of us like that too not in the same situation 
But in our daily lives, at school, at work, at home, with our own kids, with our own family members, whatever our situation is, you know it. You put us in the situation, and so you can use it. I pray that we'll be open and vulnerable and humble before you. And we'll offer our worst days to you. We'll just lay them before so that you can use them to change somebody else's life for you. Thank you so much for this time. In your name I pray. Amen. You unravel me with a melody you surround me
And this is, this is, to me, some of the most beautifully written scripture in God's word. This is it right here. This is what being a believer, to me, is all about. It's not about who's standing up here. It's not about who's singing up here. It's not about who's back there. Or, you know, who's cleaning the bathrooms, who's running the kids' department. We're all so important to making everything work and run and all that and encouraging each other. Like, we're all a family. We're all part of this body. But it's not about what we do. It's not about somebody looking at us and saying, thank you or good job, you know. It's about doing this, doing everything we do, just like we're doing it for God because we are. And Paul, the same guy that experienced the whole wall shaking and, you know, the earthquake and all that stuff, writes to the, the church of Corinth, and he's encouraging them. He's encouraging the believers. So that's what I want to do what we're going through, myself included, God has oh God, so many times encouraged me through this passage because it is so powerful because we are all, listen to me, if you have not been through something devastating, you, you're going to go through something devastating. I mean, you're going to. If we live on this planet, it's going to happen, okay? So it's not if, it's Sometimes all we know is it hurts and it's hard. But when you're shaken to that unbearable place, know God is there. God is there with you. This is what Paul is saying to these believers in the church of Corinth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, this is so that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so that we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have seen this light shining in our hearts but we ourselves, all of us, are like fragile clay jars this great treasure. This makes it clear that our power is from God, not from ourselves. Here it is, y'all. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. 
yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I will go. We carry the name of Jesus with us. We have to speak up. This is who God made us to be when we when we said we will follow him. There are people dying and hurting around us every day, everywhere we go. And if we've got this truth, and we know what it is, how can we keep it to ourselves? How can we act like we've got it all together and we're, we don't have time to share it with anybody else? That's not who we're called to be. We're called to live a sacrificial life in the name of Jesus and give him our yes. And if, it's, if we say we give you our yes and he calls you to do something, you've already put your yes on the table. And it can be scary. There are things we don't want to say hey to. I have those things too. We all do. But there is freedom in the surrender when it's the surrender to Jesus. It's like a trust fall. But you don't have to worry that he's going to catch you. He's already there. He's already caught you it's so clear Jesus died to give us freedom and we're called to walk in that freedom freedom is not being in bondage or tied down or weighted down to anything all those things that it's hard to let go of they don't own you if Christ owns you it's not like you can't stop I can't stop I can't let go. I can't move forward. Well, that means you're not walking in the freedom Christ died to give you. Think about that. Let it go. Jesus is the only thing that is worth it. He is the only one who is worthy of that kind of trust. He he is trust. He is love. He is perfection. And he made you on you here on purpose because you have a purpose and it is to push the gospel forward in whatever way he opens doors for you to do it's not going to look the same as it does for me we're all in different ages different stages and different places in life and that's the beauty of it we're like seeds in the wind he scatters us so that you can reach somebody I never why he don't need us but he uses everybody it's beautiful y'all take this time let these words don't be too cool don't be too grown up too mature too I know it all to let the Holy Spirit 
just let his word comfort you and believe that it's true. Believe that he really does love you, not just everybody, you. I'm going to pray one last time and then I'm done. But during this last song, I want you to come and pray if you that if somebody is struggling, Lord, they'll get me or they'll come down and pray or they'll pray at their seat or they'll pray when they get home. God, I just pray that they'll call on you. And thank you so much for making a way for us when there was no way. Thank you that you're here with us tonight and that you love us. Lord, we just give this time to you.